right, we're not we're not messing around today. We're not messing around today on the Plank Show. Welcome, welcome back, Josh Helmer. Everything go good with the move? It was good. It was good. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We're at Cavens Group on a Thursday. We're going to talk to Gary coming up here in just a bit. Mold testing, mold removal, uh, emergency remediation. First call when the fire truck arrives or leaves. First call when the pipes breaks. Uh, Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. And I say we're not messing around because, Josh, we're going straight to the Riverwind Casino hotline. Um, I have been trying to get on the crazy schedule of Erin Miller for the better part of the last two weeks. She's busy covering softball, uh, making moves, but has time to join us right off the top. What's going on, Erin Miller, Thiessen? How are you on this Thursday? I'm well. It's postseason, baby. It's mayhem, so I'm stoked. The 2016 Big 12 Player of the Year, two-time national champion. And she gets sent to the Stillwater Regional, but... You got a great relationship with Kenny. You've covered him a lot. Your sister played for him as well. But before we talk OU, before we talk the rest of the tournament, you'll be in that Stillwater Regional. What have you been able to identify has happened with OSU and this squad down the stretch? Man, they did. They hit they hit a tough little patch there in the past 12, 13 games. I had a chance to talk to Kenny yesterday and um, they got to break away for a couple days. They went up to Broken Bow, which I know you're familiar with, Chris, and they, they got to just kind of let, let the exhale out, watch the selection show, a little bit of team bonding. Um, it, it sounds like they've identified the things that they need to clean up offensively. Kelly Maxwell maybe just taking a little bit less of a perfection approach in the circle and, and pitching more with reckless abandon instead of trying to be perfect on the corners. So we're going to see probably a breath of fresh air from her, a little bit of a new life in their offense, but mostly what he spoke to was defense, just cleaning up some things on the dirt. He actually even admitted to some changes he will make as a coach of instead of being level-headed, really letting his emotions show with this team. He knows that this team nice. really responds to his emotions, which I appreciate. I think that that's so true and very honest for him to admit. So I ha- I'm good feeling about this group you know the storyline right it's wichita state and osu going head to head wichita state taking two games from them earlier this year and then a very tough nebraska husker team coached by ronda Ravel, a legend with that program and umbc who makes their way here back to back regional appearance so i'm excited for this site it'll be fun I think it's going to be fun, too. All right, Aaron, let's shift our focus to Norman. You get Oklahoma, Missouri, Cal, and then Hofstra coming in. Uh, obviously, the one seed, you know, we, we didn't look around because it's like, whoa, what kind of what kind of field did we get here? It's a very challenging field. Cal's beaten UCLA this year. Missouri has had some impressive wins, including over Alabama. Just in general, before we talk about the Sooners, what do you make of the regional and the draw that the Sooners got in Norman? Yeah, Mizzou's good. They've obviously been battle-tested in the SEC. Um, back to talking to Kenny, he even mentioned, like, oh, man, once we saw Missouri going to Norman, we kind of took a took an exhale, uh, dodged a bullet there. But, yeah, this this will be tough. Even hearing your conversations with Coach Gasso and just her interviews over the past week after this selection show, um, it, it'll be a business weekend, right? They've got to show up and do what they know how to do. With postseason, I think you can throw all the – stats and the body of work out the window because it's a new start for every single team and for a team like Oklahoma 
back-to-back national champions. They've only lost a, a one game this year. Um, there's a massive target on their back, so they'll they'll have to readjust their focus and bring their best stuff because there's some good talent coming to Norman. Yeah, it's you know it's funny because I think. I think people see Power 5 versus Group of 5 and think that, oh, Alabama got a break because Central Arkansas is going there. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. Um, Central Arkansas is good, and so are these middle of the road, and I, I, middle of the standings is a better way to put it, Power 5 teams. You know, I, I always have that uh, to chuckle a little bit. We're talking about parity in softball with a team that's going for its third straight national championship. But, Aaron, I mean, it is true. You're seeing more, more parity. You're seeing, you know, there's not that big separation between – a Central Arkansas, and honestly, no. on any given night in Alabama, I mean, these are we're really seeing good teams in these group of five conferences. I completely agree. I I think that UCA 100% falls into that category. Plank, I think Charlotte falls into that category without a doubt. Cal State Fullerton, which I know they're a big name, but still they've kind of been hot and cold throughout the past few seasons. Marist is really good if i'm being honest chris when i look at this bracket florida state got hosed in the three seeds yes hello south carolina coming to tallahassee they were red hot during the sec tournament a tough team in marist and a ucf team who i got to cover last week sarah willis in the circle can hum it up to 72 miles an hour with a absolutely filthy devastating changeup. That is the one I've circled on my bracket. Florida State has their work cut out for them. It's funny. I was talking to Alex Powers last night, just uh, randomly sharing a few notes, and she's like, yeah, I don't like our bracket at all. Former Florida State. <laughs> no. <laughs> she's like, I, I do not like the way that this played out. All right, for Oklahoma, you've seen them a lot this year. What? Um, how, and you went through this. Now, it was a much different world. I, I guess if you go back to your first title, that was the veteran team that was expected to win it all. Aaron, your 16 team was the team that you led that came out of nowhere. Uh, you've seen it from both sides. This is a team that's had the target on its back for the better part of two years. How do they find, how do they continue that drive and that fire to not allow their play to slack at all over the next few weeks? So this might be more of an unconventional answer that you you might not be expecting. I actually think it has less to do with the talent on the field actually had a radio interview this past week and, and spoke to this point. What I think this team has to continue to trust and do, which I think Coach Gasso does so well, is have that airtight bubble. That, and you're in it, Plank, so you understand <laughs> it, where you, you shut out the world. You have to shut out the media, the noise, the chaos, the buzz, all that chatter and that BS that's happening all around you this team has to be calm and focused and not caught up in the drama because there is a lot of drama. You've seen it on Twitter, the player of the year finalists and the seedings and the whole nine yards. This team cannot get distracted. If they get distracted, they're going to miss opportunities. They've got to stay focused. They've got to stay rooted in the present moment, and they can't look outside of that. And that, I think, is why Coach Gasso is so good at what she does especially this time of the year, is she knows how to keep that family and that bubble airtight. No one gets in to that family. And that, I think, is what separates this team. How Can you take us – I know we only got a few more minutes here, and I want to talk up uh, Home Run Village too. Mm-hmm. Can you take us through, as, as a former captain, 
mm-hmm. that relationship that you have with a coach and how important it is because you're that direct line to the coach. And I heard Patty talking about, hey, I'm, as I progress, you know, I spend a day with every player, and I want, and we've got to have that relationship. But as a captain, you're that direct line. So what's it? What's the challenge like for a Grace Lions over the next few weeks to make sure that everything is where it needs to be as a captain? Yeah, it is having the finger on the pulse, right? Um, it's controlling that narrative with that inside group, with within that bubble of keeping it positive, keeping it rooted in reality. Um, another thing I think Coach Gasso does well is she actually, believe it or not, this might be shocking to some of you, she is able to almost sell that underdog mentality, even to a team like Oklahoma. And I know that might rock your brain, but... There, I can remember that deeply in preparing for a team, and I, I know that that's the narrative right now, is that coaches painting that picture of how good these teams are. They're going to bring their best stuff. We've got to be on our A game, or we're going to get our butts handed to us type of thing. There is always that thread of humility and humbleness, um, and that at any given day, at any given time, someone could come in here and beat us. And if, if, we, if we bring our best stuff, we'll do what we need to do. Um, and that, to me, is where Grace Lions is so important, that leadership, that they can convey that message, that they can continue to reinforce that message so that this team can show up and take care of business. Mm, preach. And, you know, you, you add to it, you've got, you've got not a single Sooner player in the final three for player of the year. While we, we get upset as fans, I look at them like, oh, there we go. There's another chip on the shoulder. I mean, think about That's how it. Kirby Smart and Kim Mulkey did it, right? I mean, LSU was, was so fired up that no one believed in him. You know, they're just right in the face of Caitlin Clark. Uh, Kirby Smart's got players on the field saying nobody believed in us and they're Georgia. The greats find a way to always put that kind of little extra motivation in there, don't they? Yeah, yeah. That, um, if I'm every other team in the nation right now, I'm going, oh, <laughs> yet yet more fuel to that fire but i'll do you one even even better i'm looking at this bracket plank if all if all shakes out the way it needs to be in these regionals we are looking at an oklahoma team facing clemson and a super regional how yeah. about that for drama how about a potential player of the year in valerie cagle having to come through norman to take her team to the women's college world series that <laughs> That's the storyline I am salivating over. <laughs> Aaron, you've been integral in uh, helping to put together and make Home Run Village as fun as it is for fans that weren't able to get tickets or just want to be a part of the environment. Kind of give us a little snapshot of what all you have going on at Home Run Village. Oh, man, you know, I think everybody's obviously fighting over tickets to get inside the stadium, which I totally get, but it is just as much of a party and an atmosphere out there behind that left field wall. If you've got a chance to pop by Homer and Village, go. Good food, good atmosphere, some incredible partners that are out there supporting our program and our university. You won't want to miss it. It's a blast. Bring your kids, bring your gloves, bring your dogs, bring a lawn chair, and enjoy the atmosphere because I wish, I wish I was there to soak it in with you guys. You're awesome. Aaron, have a great call in Stillwater. I'm so glad we found time to, uh, to finally catch up. Enjoy it. <laughs> can't wait to watch you. Appreciate you playing. Take care. See you. Aaron Miller-Thiessen. She is, of course, Sooner All-American, uh, All-Big 12 player, Big 12 player of the year in 16, two-time national champion, captain of the 2016 national championship team, and now on one of the top teams for ESPN 
getting ready to go cover the regional in Stillwater. All right, that's oh, what a fun way to start the show. Let's get a break. We'll come back. We'll reset. We'll get all the all the fun for Josh on moving day. Ah, moving day. I said it yesterday, Josh. I was uh, there was a part of me that was a little bit, you know, not not mad or upset. I was like, ah, oh, could have called, right? Just wanting to help. But then in the same vein, I'm like, that's a true friend. That when you're moving, you don't call someone else to help. You're like, I got this, right? I would never force that evil upon you. <laughs> Especially what I say yesterday. I moved. I, I I didn't move once in 15 years. And since I've moved to Norman, I've, I've moved like four times. It's like, what are we doing? It's the worst. The absolute worst. But I'm glad we're through it. We'll talk about it next. It's the Plank Show live from Cavens Group on the ref. All right. Sorry, Josh. I was talking with our buddy Chris. Chris Smith, the man in charge of roofing here at Cavens Group. And he was uh, he was telling me a softball story, but also wanting me to mention as we remind you today about all the great things that Cavens does here at Cavens Group, 405-573-3048. You're going to have emergencies. It's going to happen. They're here for you. The first call when the fire truck arrives or leaves, the first call when the pipes break, the first call when the building floods, the first call when you see mold, 405-573-3048 in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. You know, in our area, I'm in Washington, Goldsby, uh, if you're in, obviously in Cole, there's been some some horrible storms through there, but also Blanchard, they got hit hard by hail. Make sure you're calling Chris to make sure that your roof's okay, too. So how'd it go, Josh? Is there any way that we can cliff note this or or kind of give the, the version of what, what went wrong? Or, I'm sorry, you had to move. That's what went wrong. But what went right yesterday in the move? Well, th- thank you to my brother and cousin and his wife and a good friend that that helped so it uh, it was as smooth i guess as a move can be i don't have too much stuff but uh look i'm happy it's over i've been dreading it for some time i, I would have much rather been here yesterday <laughs> but we're back um you didn't miss too terribly much we we did have our Two-day delayed ACC conversation, right, with, you know, what the future looks like there now that it kind of feels like everyone got a chance to blow off some steam. And once they got their their message or their angle out there, everyone kind of, they kind of just agreed, all right, listen, we can't get out of this thing. We've tried. <laughs> We've had all of our attorneys look at it. It ain't happening. Whomever drew this up probably needs to draw up more contracts in the future. Uh, that's number one. Number two, let's kind of go forward and see how we can make it work. So that, at least that's what I took from that. You So you missed that yesterday. If there was anything else you wanted to add on the ACC conversation. Yeah, I, I'm not sold. Uh, it's totally done there. Uh, done, I, done that they're all good? Yeah, no, no chance. I know that the contract's pretty ironclad, but uh, – Eventually, I think whether somebody pays an exit fee or whatever it looks like, I I just don't see that thing sticking. Where do you where do you think who do you think they let me say this in proper English? Who is it that goes and where? 
I think there's a chance that uh, a Clemson of Florida State or whoever comes to the SEC at some point. It, I really, it th- really depends on if the Big Ten or the SEC wants to be additive. And if the answer is no, then, yeah, they're going to stay put. But if the answer turns to yes, then somebody's, somebody's going to pay an exit fee and get out. I don't think this is my this is my hot take. Are you ready? This is I'm my ready. hot take. I don't think Florida State and Clemson are necessarily the desired ones right now. I know that sounds crazy. I just don't I still feel like for some reason like it's in North Carolina. I don't know why. It's just the SEC has been hot on North Carolina in the past. I think they're hot on Virginia. Here's why. Here's my here's my theory. The SEC isn't about having the second best school in a state, or at least a second school in a state, which is why A&M threw such a fit about Texas. You go through, and I think Clemson's an infinitely better football program than South Carolina, but you know, you look at some of the highest-rated games. We might love Clemson, but yeah, you know, you got South Carolina, you got Florida. You, you know, it's just it seems as if, and this is a. This has been something that SEC honks have been talking about. I don't know, Josh. I just – you kind of look at North Carolina. You kind of look at Virginia. Those two teams are, to me, if the SEC is looking, which I don't think they are. I think they're pretty happy at – what are we at, 16 now? Listen to me. We – I just don't know if the Big Ten and the SEC are additive. And I'll tell you what else I'm not buying right now. I'm not buying that the Big Ten is just waiting for something to happen with the Pac-12 because they don't want to be the bad guy that goes and gets Oregon and Washington and implodes the program. Nobody in the history of, of ever has cared about being the bad guy in college sports, right? No one has. The, so I'll be Big fascinated Ten. to see how this plays out. The Big Ten just was the bad guy. I get that that was Kevin Warren, and now <laughs> you've got a different commish. But exactly. The, the Big Ten led you, I, everybody astray with this belief that they were a part of this <laughs> stupid uh, alliance, the and alliance. then they went and picked off USC and UCLA. So, no, they don't care. Guess who who dropped that on me? I'm not going to say who dropped it on me. But the other day I retweeted somebody that had made a shot about realignment, and I love him. But then he texted me something. I was like, okay, bud. <laughs> I don't think I'll buy that either. I, I, I live by two firm beliefs, Josh, and here they are. Number one. Uh, if Oregon and Washington were going to be in the Big Ten, they'd be in the Big Ten by now. And number two, every single future conference expansion conversation with the Big Ten or the SEC starts with Notre Dame and what they want to do. And as soon as Notre Dame says we want to go to a conference, I think it becomes one heck of a three-league battle between the I almost said the Big 12, between the Big 10, the ACC, and the SEC. And I think you and I both agree a bazillion percent, right? It ain't going to be the ACC with that deal they've got right now. No, you wouldn't imagine. I mean, it just seems like if Notre Dame would join a conference, all the dominoes would tilt the Big 10's direction. It's a great way to put it. If. If. All right, um... The other big story that we talked about yesterday was we finally, I don't know if we put closure on it, got clarity on it, or if we got confused even more, Josh. The other big story that you missed on the Plank Show yesterday was the conversation with Eric Lopez about seating. And I'm going to paraphrase here, 
But as you know, I I know I've completely and totally nerded out over the bracket. I mean, I'm sitting here this morning and I'm looking at I've never heard of this person before, Tyson King, no clue who he is. But he has um analytics intern and GTMSA in in his profile. So you know what that says to me? He might be pretty smart. But he's come up with his way of determining what's the most challenging region in in college softball right now. Who's got the toughest road to go through? And it's funny because I've been somebody that has said, hey, I think Tusk, I think it's not necessarily easy what Alabama got. But literally, um, it's not even a top five toughest regional. It's not even the top seven according to these numbers. And when we talked to Eric yesterday, I asked, all right, explain it to me. How did Alabama, Alabama end up hosting? And again, paraphrasing here, he said it's the most confused he's ever been in the 15, 16 years that he's been putting together these brackets. So I, I'm sorry, but Josh, unfortunately yesterday, we weren't able to get any more clarity on why Alabama was the four. Even, or five, excuse me, five. Even excuse. more shocking, he would say, than Minnesota? I think so. I think so. And and I think part of the reason why, and that's a good call. That's 2017 Minnesota. That was a really big mistake. The coaches, of course, voted them number one in the final poll, and they deserved it. I think they had won the Big Ten tournament, as a matter of fact. But, yeah, um, most shocked he had ever been, most surprised he had ever been by a bracket decision from the tournament with Alabama as the five. I mean, if – if Oklahoma went into the postseason last year with Jocelyn Allo hurt, based on the things they'd done during the regular season, they're probably still going to be the one seed, but it's going to be a conversation. Everything Alabama has done this year is predicated on Montana Fouts. And to say that, I think the most shocking thing, Josh, that we learned yesterday is for the selection committee to say, yeah, we didn't even take that into consideration. That, to me, seemed to be very shocking. Yeah, I just don't know how you can operate that way <laughs> anymore. It's, uh, And I guess there's good news on Montana Fouts. Is that right? They think it's a hyperextension and she'll have a chance to go? Yeah, that's, that's the rumor. But I would also – I would also add, I think – I think there's a lot of gamesmanship that goes on here. Um, Patrick Murphy came out and said, it's truly day-to-day on Montana Fouts. Okay. And you can read into that whatever you want. Uh, It's truly day-to-day. That's about it. Really wish I could tell you more. Quote, you could see when she landed, it locked down a little bit. It surprised her. You could tell when she tried again, it hurt. And so that was... Um, let's see, what is today? Today is the 18th. That was yesterday, whenever he said this on Tide 100.3. In fact, I'll go, I'll go search up that audio to see if we can't find it, Josh Helmer. Oh, yes. Oh, this will be easy to find. You want to know why? Why is that? Because apparently they have a SoundCloud page. <laughs> so I'll be able to find this for you coming up next. But, yeah, I don't. In my mind, and I say this just from experience, no coach for any team 
when there is a questionable injury in softball, baseball, football, basketball, any college sport never really gives you the full details of how serious the injury is because they don't have to. Which goes back to a quote there from Coach Murphy. Why say, uh, I really wish I could tell you. You don't really wish that you could tell us. You love that you can't tell us. It's gamesmanship. We get that. Why don't you come out and say, I really love that I can't tell you. Yeah. Hilarious. Hilarious. But I'll play it for you coming up next because I got the interview right here. So I I think that kind of, that's everything you missed on the show yesterday in a nice little 15-minute digestible nugget. I like it. Yeah, see? Connor was a boy. Connor loves the text line, man. I'll tell you one thing. I had to turn the monitor off in studio because he just had the text line on the whole time. And I'm like, I can't have that. It's very distracting <laughs> to me. But it's very shiny objecty. But no, it, the texts were great yesterday. Got some good calls. So would love to get you guys involved as well as always. The air, uh, Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line, 405-651-3439. That's Knippelmeyer Chevrolet. Pumped to have them on board. You can call us at 405-329-9000. We'll be at Riverwind tomorrow. That's the Riverwind Casino. Call in line, and when we come back, we'll tell you more about this great place we're hanging out today. Special guest joins us from Cavens Group on a Thursday with the Plank Show. All right, so, Josh, I have this, I have this clip from Patrick Murphy talking about Montana Fouts yesterday. And her availability, we'll get to it coming up in just a bit. I think it's the biggest story right now in softball. Um, I, I I, absolutely disagree with Travis's tweet. I don't know our text. I don't know if I could disagree with anything more than I do with, with Travis's take. So we'll get to that coming up here in just a bit. Right now, though, before we do, uh, we're joined by our buddy here at Cavens Group, Gary Cavens. Good morning, Gary. More Good rain. morning. How are you, Chris? I, I was a little bit surprised whenever I woke up and it was more rain. I know, I know. It's rain, rain. So here, um, from this perspective now, I'd say I, I was talking to Chris. It was funny because I felt like I'd clean my gutters out. And I go out there and it's just, it's a disaster. I mean, we, we talk about now uh, water and, and mold and things of that nature. And my, you know, my nerves are, I'm looking all over my house. But I'm grateful for what you've taught us, I think, as, as the Ref Army. And also for what we should know because you tell us things we should be looking for. And while Cavens is always there to help you at 405-573-3048, I mean, I just, I got to be honest with you, you coming on and saying, hey, you need to be looking for these types of things, Gary, it makes all the difference in the world and to let you know if you're in a position where spending some money now can save you spending a whole hell of a lot more money later. And so I'm just, I'm grateful, man. Thank you for that because you're constantly educating yourself too, aren't you? Yes. Yes, I am. Thank you, Chris. And yes, I'm always uh, learning something new. I'm always taking classes. I'm always developing. There's always more knowledge uh, to be had in the industry that we're in because we're in the emergency remediation business. Um, you know, we're not necessarily in the restoration. We do it, but not all the time, but we are in the emergency uh, remediation business. And, you know, we're there. We want to be your first call when the fire truck um, leaves uh, or arrives. Uh, we want to be your first call when the pipe breaks, the first call when the uh, building floods, the first call when you see mold growth. Uh, the second call when the uh, uh, vehicle hits your building, <laughs> uh, make the, you know, make 911 the first call. But we're, you know, we're uh, your emergency services uh, general contractor, uh, environmental contractor, remediation, uh, remediation contractor for Oklahoma. No question of that. You know, and if you see mold growth on your wall, 
um, you're, you know, you're going to look for water staining, some yellowing, and then it starts to turn a little bit different. Sometimes it'll turn white with fuzzy. Sometimes it'll turn black with fuzzy. That's what you want to look for. Um, you see it on your ceilings, your walls, your flooring. Um, but anytime you have a water intrusion issue, um, you want to get that looked at and resolved in a timely manner because it will turn into a mold issue if you don't. I was at a house earlier this week, and um, they... Uh, great couple great couple uh one was an insurance adjuster and one was an insurance lawyer both retired mm-hmm. um absolutely great couple and uh, we'll leave them nameless but their <laughs> their house they had some mortar that had started decaying at the bottom of their house and it was allowing water to get into their guest room closet and get the floor all wet um and then they had some there were some other things that we gave some uh, you know some gutters that were clogged with some leaves and then there was some flower bed that had gone up over the weep holes that wasn't necessarily, you know, there were several little water things that were ca- causing water intrusion into this closet. And, you know, they called, they had us come out, they had us investigate, see what's going on. Um, have, they're having us um, fix the issue. It's a pretty simple fix. And yet at the end of the day, that simple fix that, you know, only takes, you know, a couple hours for the investigation, a couple hours for the repair. Um, is saving them thousands and thousands of dollars by not having mold in that closet uh, a week from now, two weeks from now, 60 days from now. Um, they're just, they got ahead of the game, they got ahead of the issue, and they we were able to give them a solution and help them so that they don't have a mold issue down the road. But it's, mm. you know, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, you want to get ahead of the game. So if you see water intrusion, make the call for a water intrusion investigation so it doesn't become a mold investigation. Because that's bad. It is bad. <laughs> that's, it's we're bad. getting into the health issues, RSV issues, things that could be a big problem. 100%. 100%. Mm. I'm just going through here, and I'm thinking about some of the cool things that you guys are able to do to help people out. And and one of those you mentioned when pipes break. Now, that's more of a, of a cold weather thing, but it also takes us back to water. There might be an area where – Maybe you didn't realize you had a leak. There might be an area where all of a sudden, because of all this rain, an area softens up. But, Gary, like you said, you're the first ones in, in situations like that. Just take us through the process. What's the – you guys get there, and it's an investigation. All right, where is this coming from? How do we fix it? What's next? You know, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, uh, 30 days ago we had a water loss come in, mm-hmm. and it was from a groundwater intrusion. Well, we got that's on the location, and this is a commercial one, and we got on location – and there's a general contractor adding on to the building. We're going to leave everybody in this whole scenario nameless like we did the last one. We, we showed up. They had a big old mound of dirt next to the west doors. And what had happened is they had so much runoff from the building and mm-hmm. so much runoff from the construction site. And then it was hitting that. And they, the way it was graded, all the water from that whole area was going in those double doors that, w- that nobody was using because it was a construction area, but it came through the, uh, the, the commercial glass oh doors gosh. at the bottom and flooded the whole first floor of this building. And so, I mean, we see all kinds of stuff like that, you know, and, and it's not just, like you said, pipe burst during the winter is a big thing. We see that a lot. But we also see groundwater intrusion like that and just water that's not graded properly or gutters that have been clogged up that now are back flowing into the house flooding it that happens quite a bit quite a bit so clean your gutters that's important especially this time of year you're going to end up with water in one of your bedrooms i think i think that's what i'm gonna have to do as soon as i go home 
I lit, I'm not even kidding right now. I felt like we had, it was my number one spring cleaning thing. And I went up there and I did it, Gary. I, I cleaned it. It's gross. It's disgusting. You get <laughs> trash all over you. And then all of a sudden I look out the other day and water's just pouring out from over the top of it. So, well, and then that also gets to, I know we're not necessarily um, I, just kind of falling into this conversation. That's one area where Cavens, as time for you can help us out with our gutters, right? You can come up with some really cool things. Yeah, I mean, we can. Right. We can, we can. Yeah, right. Our maintenance team can help you out with your gutters. Um, and, and on the – like, for instance, if you have roof damage or anything of that nature, you can find a more creative way in order to just those old-school gutters that are, yes. <laughs> that are hanging yes. over. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, yes. it, I'm, yes. not, I'm not on saying that – On the roofing team, they can right. definitely do that. I'm not saying that I need to call uh, and tell Jessica V that, hey, I need one of your guys to come clean my gutters. That's not what I'm saying. But you can, you can come up with a very creative – and you know safe ways that do, that don't hurt your home whenever it comes to making sure you're keeping water away from your house because that's that's the number one problem a hundred percent a hundred percent and there's and you know a lot of people have these problems and they're just ignoring them don't ignore them don't allow them to become big time mold issues mm-hmm. I mean you're paying pennies on the dollar to do you know resolve these issues versus dealing with mold down the road and you know that's the big thing is we want to be proactive we want to help you guys be proactive so that you don't have mold issues and stuff like that down the road and you know if you do have water coming in having a water intrusion investigation which we do a ton of those Mm -hmm. um, is really good we did um, analysis and we've done um, between hospitals um, industrial um, um, hotels um, apartments um, and residential and commercial, we've done um, over a hundred mold jobs, mold jobs so far, and just dealing with that kind of thing. And you know, a lot, every single one of them that I've seen could have been prevented due to um, you know just making sure that the envelope was sealed, there was no water intrusion, and every single one of them is due to a water intrusion issue. It's oh, amazing. It's terrible. Amazing. All right, 405-573-3048. I know we've got the peeps up in Tulsa, 918-282-7612. And, Gary, just one final thing. You guys always giving back to the community. Um, just a big week for you on that front too, right? It is. It is. So we uh, donated the Special Olympics. You know, you got the Special Olympics going on in Stillwater this right. week uh, up there. You know, Jessica Jessica Caven's mom is a uh, is a teacher that does. She's done Special Olympics for oh probably thirty five years um, in different ways. And um, Jessica, when she was younger, she used to travel with them to Stillwater and help out and everything. And uh, now she has, you know, our kids and everything here, but, um, you know, it's uh, special Olympic is something that's near and dear to, uh, our hearts. And we always want to help out with special Olympics. And then, uh, Mary Abbott house, uh, with Norman police department, um, they're doing a clash, uh, a game and, uh, we, we donated to be a premier sponsor for them. And then, um, the city of Norman, United Way golf tournament, we, uh, donated to, uh, to that also. So, you know, we've, uh, over four hundred thousand dollars in the last four years, and then another eleven thousand five hundred this week alone. That's We're, awesome. We truly believe in giving back to the community, and, and we really have. We we put our money where our mouth is, where a lot of people don't, and that's the big thing about between us and the national change. You know, Surf Pro and. A lot of them out there, they're just not doing that. And, you know, um, we're local. We're going to be here. We're going to take care of you. And we're going to make sure that, you know, we're giving back to the community that does so much for us, too. Mm.
Yeah, man. Thanks, Gary. Thank you. Appreciate Chris. you. Gary Cavins here at Cavins Group, 405-573-3048 or online at cavinsgroup.com. All right, we'll talk. Uh, we'll get an update on Montana Fouts next on the ref. Ooh, have True hanging in there because I want to I want to um I want to go over this with you real quick. It's a major story. Obviously, it's a Thursday, so we're like I said, at some point you just move on past the seating side of it and you're like, "All right, let's just let's play the games and that's what's going to happen." I've got a interesting statistical breakdown of the most difficult region. So basically what they did is this. Real quick before we get to the Montana Fouts update is they took the regional team's stats, their offensive rating, their defensive rating, and their power rating, and they excluded the top seed. So I ask you, Josh, just off, and, and I don't know if you have it there in front of you, probably a little bit unfair. No, I because don't. I, oh, okay. But who would you say is the most difficult, or who would you say off the top of your head has the most difficult region based on just those types of numbers, which would lead you to believe if they're good offensively, if they're good defensively, including pitching, um, and and their power rating. That means it's a good softball team, right? So who do you think has the toughest regional? Gosh. I think it will surprise you. I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, I think that just individually I could handpick a couple, like Clemson's regional versus Auburn. Number two. Number two. Okay, good. yeah. So that would go. be that would be one that would stick out. What what else? Uh Texas is, is number three. Yeah. Texas is number three. Um Oklahoma, let me see here. I didn't do it. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The Sooners would consider to be the thirteenth toughest region. I know twelfth. Twelfth. Math is hard. Twelfth toughest. The easiest then regional would belong to Georgia which kind of surprised me because I thought they had a tough one. But the number one most difficult regional, according to these numbers, UCLA. UCLA. I was I was blown away. Now, don't get me wrong. Hmm. I was, as soon as I saw UCLA's bracket, my original thought was, I'm really glad we don't have to deal with UCLA's bracket as the three, as the one, because San Diego State's really good, Liberty's really good, Grand Canyon's really good. The deal is none of them wow you individually, but I mean, Grand Canyon U might be the best of the four seeds, the the, the number four overall seeds, I should say. So that that surprised me just a little bit. Surprised me just a little bit because I thought to myself. Maybe the toughest one could be considered, say, Arkansas or Stillwater. And, oh, by the way, the Arkansas Regional is the fourth toughest regional. Here's based on these numbers. I'll just give you the rundown. One through five. UCLA one, Clemson two, Austin three, Fayetteville four, and Salt Lake City five. Okay, so so Utah. Correct. Which which that would make sense. I mean, Baylor, Ole Miss. What about uh, Tallahassee? Where's Florida State's? Um. Florida State is three, four, five, seventh. So if you go six through ten, it's Stillwater, Tallahassee, Tuscaloosa, Durham, and Stanford. So that would be uh, Utah, OSU, Florida State, Alabama, Duke, and Stanford. Interesting. Well, right. definitely file this away for us, and let's revisit and see. Definitely. 
let's I'm see how that. accurate or inaccurate it was. I liked this, so I don't know if you spend time going through people's likes. I better check my likes. But uh, if you want to take a look at it, it's really, it's really I, good. I don't spend time going through people's likes, but their likes pop up on my uh, timeline, and sometimes it's curious. There you go. There you go. I think, I think we're safe. I think a majority of my likes are softball and graduation celebration pictures is what I think they are more than anything else. All right. Um, here's the other. Do we have time here for this? Let me play so. this for you. Let me play this for you real quick. This was uh, Patrick Murphy. Well, you know the million-dollar question is coming up, the one everybody's asking, and uh, I don't know what you can tell us, but I've got to ask you is, uh, you know, her availability for Montana's availability for this weekend. Do you know anything yet? It's really, truly day-to-day. Okay. So that's about it, really. Um, I wish I could tell you more, but it's it's truly day to day. Murph, is it a hyperextension? I mean, what do you do? You know, as far as what exactly yeah. she's dealing with? Okay. Yeah. You know, you could see when she landed. Yeah, you could. It, it locked out a little bit. So, and it surprised her obviously, because you could tell when she tried again, it it hurt. Mm-hmm. So, um, but it's not like we really haven't had something like that. But the doctors have all seen it in every other sport. So. That kind of reassured me that this isn't like a one in a million thing. It's happened in other sports, you know. Um, you know, like I didn't even realize this, but a tennis serve, you know, when you get up on your toes, mm-hmm. you go to hit the ball. It's happened a lot in tennis, where that lead leg, the, the front leg where you serve from, just you put so much like force on it, and it hyperextends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, well, mm. Mm-hmm. yeah, mm. yeah. No, you could tell. Yeah, you could see it. <laughs> Shut up! You, you have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, thanks to the uh, my buddies over at Tide 100.9. That was Patrick Murphy. So I, I mean, take that for what it's worth about her availability. Truly, day to day. I would love to talk to a. She's not the first person that's ever dealt with this. I would love to find somebody that has dealt with this to see, okay, is it is it a situation where you can injure yourself more or is it truly a pain tolerance? And I think that's where we are. All right, your phone calls next. The ref is live from Cavens Group on a Thursday.